Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Welcome freaking back. I shouldn't have clapped. I have to do it again. Welcome back to the Dear Abby podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on this lovely Thursday, whatever time it is, or if it's not a Thursday, we have an exciting episode for, okay, well, I want to say exciting because I don't think really the topics that I talk about are exciting per se, but I will say we have a good episode for you today because we're talking about processing emotions and this is a big topic so just want to remind everyone not a therapist not a professional please don't take me that seriously um because I don't I just don't I don't have that much knowledge I mean who does though you know but anyways not a professional not a replacement for therapy yeah now I feel better I feel like I have to make a disclaimer because I don't want anyone to think that I'm like a guru and I know everything and whatever this is just my experience, what I've learned and things that I'm doing right now that are helping and stuff like that. We will be jumping into the best ways that I've learned how to process emotions that I've read about, things that I've seen um, experts talk about and also what I learned in yoga teacher training forever ago. So I'm, I'm pulling up the, the yoga teacher training and reviewing some of the things that I learned because that was a weird time for me, but also I did learn a ton about just how emotions work, how the brain works, all that stuff, as well as, of course, the Dear Abby question and some life updates and then a little fun game at the end. So some of the life updates that I have for you is I actually might start streaming again for fun. I think when I first started streaming... And I stream on Twitch. I think my name is Dear Abby now. But when I first started streaming, it was like a little bit too um, much pressure I put on myself to be like every other streamer. And it just wasn't the vibe for me at that time mentally. I was very insecure. And I don't know. I just feel like now I'm okay with my vibe not being like toxic and mean and 16-year-old boy vibes. Or anything like that and just being a girl streamer that offers kind of something more calm and fun and chill i'm not gonna lie i stopped streaming because this one time this guy got on my stream he looked like he was like a 30 something year old man jumped on my stream and i probably had i don't know not a lot of people on that stream but he sent like a really long thing in the chat saying how much i sucked like my content is crap just very rude things to say and wasn't just like oh you know not a big fan of your content it was like trashing me as a person my personality what i like to do who i am and then uh, people who are listening to my or watching my stream a lot of people hopped off and so I was like well if you don't like my content like you don't have to watch it that's the beautiful part about the internet is you can find what you like and then other people find what they like and then everyone's happy everyone gets to watch whatever they want and he I don't remember what he said but then he said something else and then he jumped off and I don't think I streamed after that um I mean I have a couple of times but that's when I kind of stopped doing it full time because 
I was just in a place where I listened to random people on the internet who just want to tear people down. I, and here's the thing. I'm a very understanding person. I get not liking someone's content, but having to comment on it in a, the, such a rude, vulgar way was just like, ew. Now I don't, I'm glad that you don't like my content because someone like you liking my content would be honestly an insult to me. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't stream after that because I was like, I want to be in a place where I don't care who trolls me in the comments or anything. I want to be able to just feel proud about what I'm doing. The reason he didn't like my stream is probably just his own perspective of streamers should look a certain way, act a certain way, and should be, you know, probably more rowdy or whatever. And that's just not what I like to do or what I like to offer. And now I'm very comfortable with that. So Another, you guys want to hear a really interesting story that I don't think I've told on the podcast. I don't know if you guys know the streamer Rice Gum, but I don't know if he streams. I know nothing about him other than this one experience that I had with him on his stream. This was when I was, I think I had just graduated. So I think I was maybe 18 years old. I had just dyed my hair blonde. I was going through a phase. And anyways, I had Rice Gum's manager or someone reach out to me and they asked if I wanted to join his stream someday like hey you know he just sometimes invites girls on like to just talk and stuff and I was like okay do I have to play anything or do anything he's like no he just wants to like chat and stuff and I was like okay I should have watched streams before anyways I try to look all cute I do I don't I think I left my hair I think I straightened my hair because back then I straightened my hair all the time I wasn't comfortable with the curls I straightened my hair I like try to look all cute and I got this cute little dress on and I jumped on the stream. They sent me a link. So I was like all excited. I had no idea what was going on. I, this is the, my first introduction into the world of streaming. And it was rice gum years ago. So I jumped on the stream and I don't, I don't know what they wanted me to do or what the point of it was. If they thought I was cute or if they brought me on to clown me because I don't know what kind of stuff I was posting on Twitter at the time. I don't know what they th- I don't know what their perception of me was. They sent me a link. I got on. It was like maybe my thing was glitchy a little bit, but I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey. And they were like kind of laughy. It was just like boy vibes when they're like 15 or 16. I think he was probably 20 or something, but it, it they were just like laughing. Like there was these two or three people. I have no idea. Or maybe it was just him. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is your job. You just play video games and like talk to people online. Probably exactly how I said it. I was just trying to be like, this is cool. You know, he just was kind of being jerky to me. Like he wasn't being like nice or whatever. He was just kind of dismissive. I'm like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing here? And I thought it was cool because I didn't even know who he was. But I'm like, oh, it's a streamer. Cool. You guys. And then. This is this next part is why I'm now insecure about my neck. My neck looks fine, I think. I think I have a perfectly normal neck, but now I'm insecure because in the comments, again, he had thousands of people watching or tens of thousands. I have no idea. But everyone in the comments was like, what's wrong with her neck? What's up with her neck? Her neck, ha ha, laughy face. It was thousands of messages making fun of me, clowning me, saying something about my neck, which I don't know what was wrong with my neck. Maybe it was glitchy or maybe I like did my makeup bad or something, but, and they were clowning me and I wanted to cry because again, I was like 18 years old, which is yes, an adult, but not really. I literally wanted to cry. I felt so stupid. I feel like they just brought me on there to clown me. Now looking back, I think it's funny because I thought that that was like 
I thought I was just going to have fun. It was going to be like this cool experience. Instead, it was like I jumped on there. I got clowned. And then they kicked me out of the stream. Basically, didn't even say bye. Just like I was cut out. And then I tried to join back in because I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. They gave me no instructions. I jumped back in and they didn't let me back in. And then that was that was it. I was like, that was the stupidest experience of my entire life. All that did was make me now uh, um, confused as to what's wrong with my neck. And to this day, I don't know. So I don't know what was wrong with my neck. Also, there was like one or two people out of the thousands of people clowning me that said, she's kind of cute though. Oh, but she's kind of cute. What's her like at or something? Two people. I remember because as a, as an 18 year old, the only thing you're reading are the comments because that's all you care about as an 18 year old. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that you people like you, that you they think you're pretty, you're being accepted by them, that you're being that you're cool, you know. And so I was reading those comments, and unfortunately they were all mean. And except for there was like one or two that was like, "She's kind of cute though." What the heck does that mean? She's kind of cute though. They brought me on to clown me. I swear. Maybe that's a segment that they he did that I had no idea. I don't know. Maybe they wanted to be more flirty or something or show more skin. I don't want to do that. No, thank you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just personally not comfortable with it. But yeah, that was a really weird experience. And now I just will forever be insecure about my neck and not know why. So thanks, rice gum. Maybe I shouldn't say the name. I guess, no, I did do some research after the fact. I watched this girl on the stream and she... um like played the ukulele was singing she was like dressed so cute like she was so tan and she was a little bit older and um they were so nice to her and it was just like i'm like i just they didn't like me they just didn't freaking like me they weren't they didn't vibe he didn't vibe with me which which is fine now but as an 18 year old wanting to be accepted that was horrifying so that's my weird streaming story. Anyways, I want to get back into streaming just for fun to do it every once in a while. So catch me on Twitch, I guess. It was Mother's Day. Mother's Day just passed and I really didn't do much for the mothers in my life, unfortunately. If there's one thing I need to work on is birthdays and holidays, like celebrating. I'm genuinely so bad at this and I feel bad about how bad I am at it every single time anything happens. So I don't really have any other life updates, nor do you guys probably care that much, but life is just normal. I'm just working still. I don't think anything really funny happened this week. Let's get into the the meat of today's episode. Today we're talking about best ways that I've learned or I've seen, heard about to process emotions just in your day-to-day life. I'm not talking about big, massive emotions I know nothing about PTSD. I know nothing about different things like that again. So all of this is just what I've experienced just on a day-to-day basis when it comes to emotions day-to-day, how to handle them, how to not be reactive. The reason I wanted to talk about this today was because emotions for me are a very big part of my life. I'm very much an emotional person. I know that there's... um, different personality things and personality quizzes that talk about if you're emotional or non-emotional. I think everyone obviously has emotions, but I think the emotional versus non-emotional, I guess, is more so the extent of your feelings and also how often you feel emotional and over smaller things. I'm definitely an emotional person because even um, 
seeing someone like the other day in their car, I saw someone just look sad and I literally started to cry in my car. I just was like, that sucks. They're having a horrible day and now I feel sad. I think emotional people aren't necessarily aren't better people or more empathetic whatsoever. I actually think because I'm emotional, sometimes it does kind of cloud me from really trying to understand other people because I'm so preoccupied with what's going on in my own head and my own big emotions. I actually think non-emotionals are usually more empathetic because they don't have as much like cloudiness over their emotions so they can really kind of tap into what other people are feeling. That I have, I have no idea how true that is. That's just what I'm this is what I think. Both have pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses. And as an emotional person, I think I'm definitely grateful for my emotions because I feel like when they're negative, they're really, really yucky and negative. But when they're positive, it's like soaring through the universe with only light and love and no fear. And you're like, it just feels amazing. Something I've learned, though, is I'm emotional, but also I'm very now good at reacting like well to my emotions. I used to not be because I used to let emotions just control everything. Now I use them to my advantage and I also just feel them whatever happens, but I also don't make all my decisions based off of all of my feelings. If that was the case, I would literally be in a new relationship every two weeks. I would be in a new state every couple of weeks. I would you know, not to get gory, but I would not be wanting to be alive all the time. And it's just emotions come and go, really. But the thing with emotions as well is if you don't really process them. And okay, I hate when people say process. What does process even mean? You just I think processing just means to feel them. Don't judge them and don't elongate the feelings by judging it or by trying to figure every tiny thing out or by trying to hide away from the emotion. I think processing just means pushing forward and like just feel it so you don't get stuck there. Oh, where was I going with that? I had something I was going to say before. If you're not good at experiencing your emotions in a helpful way and then moving on from them, then like it just elongates a certain feeling, usually negative and that doesn't really necessarily serve us because then we're usually ruminating about that feeling or we are hiding from it. So then we're just hiding from ourselves and then we feel disconnected, yada, yada, yada. So first, I just wanted to go over the steps from what I've seen a lot of different people say that, you know, this is their profession and this is what they do for a living is they help people deal with these things. So I wanted to go over what other people have said about ways to process daily emotions and all that kind of stuff. This is like a step by step. First one is notice what emotion is present or emotions. I did this with my therapist a lot um, is I used to be like, well, I feel kind of scared, but I shouldn't because blah, 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 blah. And I know that blah, 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 blah. And instead, he's like, well, why don't you just practice saying I feel scared and that's okay. And I'm okay to feel scared. I'm not I'm not bad for feeling scared. I'm not not faithful enough for being scared. 
Um, that's a natural human emotion and not one person probably will go by in this life without feeling fear. You know, notice what emotion is present. I feel confused. I feel scared. I feel, I don't even know how I feel, but it feels not great, but it makes me uncomfortable. I feel sad. I feel left behind, whatever it is. And then you go into where do you feel it in your body? Usually when I feel big emotions, I'll lie down or I'll sit down and I'll keep my eyes open. Something that I learned in yoga teacher training for, you know, if you're feeling some pretty big emotions and you're wanting to process them, but you don't want to be taken back in time, you know, to whatever, I don't know, whatever imagery or memories are coming up, but you want to stay present. So you don't want to go back to that place. You want to stay present and then feel what your body's asking for you to feel, but you stay present. You look at what color is the ceiling, what, what paintings are around, what does it smell like in here, that type of stuff. So again, one, notice what emotion is present. Two, where do you feel it? I feel it in my chest. I feel it in my head. You know, my head feels really busy, feels heavy. Um, my, maybe I feel a little bit numb. Where do you feel it? What sensations does it have is the next one. So again, do you feel numb? Does it feel warm? Do you have a headache? What sensations come with that emotion, that feeling? And then you send your breath into the place that you feel it. So if it's your heart center, you send it into your heart. If it's your chest, whatever it is, you breathe into it. And you're not trying to breathe away the feeling. You're trying to be like, I see you and I hear you. I'm listening is what I say. Something I will try practice. I'm not great at this. I'm also not great at processing my emotions every time, but I feel like I'm getting better at just being present when I'm experiencing them instead of going back in time and trying to like fix things, I guess. So I always say to myself, I'm listening and I just kind of let my body talk to me. Then you notice if the sensation or the feelings are staying the same or if they're maybe moving to a different body part or if they're kind of shifting feelings or something. And then your mind probably will start to wander or analyze everything or oh my gosh I knew it because this is blah, 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 blah. your mind will start to get probably very busy and that's okay doesn't mean you're bad at mindfulness or whatever that just means that you're a human but you just want to practice bringing your awareness back to the sensations and your breath you just want to stay very connected to your body and not be scared of it or push it away because I feel like that's something I do unintentionally is I run from a lot of sensations and I run from a lot of things in my body because they make me uncomfortable and I'm not used to them. But in turn, that kind of just elongates how I'm feeling and doesn't let me move on. So maybe I'm the only one that does that. Maybe I'm just weird, but that's my experience. And then you let the sensation and then you let the feelings, sensations, whatever, just keep going until they kind of you feel back to neutral and more at like a, what is it called? Homeostasis. There's no right or wrong feelings. And that kind of goes back to what I just said about some feelings would make me feel uncomfortable because I'm not used to feeling them or I'd feel like, oh, this is a bad feeling. And I label them, you know, in that way. But instead, it was like, I feel fear you know go through all the steps but then it's like I'm also not wrong for feeling this this is just how I feel 
doesn't mean you have to make any decisions based on that feeling. It doesn't mean, you know, it's not the end of the world because you feel a certain way. So stay present with your body, trust it, you know, lean into it, surrender to it. I think sometimes the reason why we suppress emotions is because we feel like we're not supposed to feel that way. I shouldn't feel that way. I should on myself with emotions a lot. That's something in my OCD brain is like, well, you're with your family, so you should feel love and you should feel more grateful and you should feel whatever it is. And then I'm like, well, why don't I feel that way? What's wrong with me? And that's you're never going to get an answer for that. So don't don't tell yourself you should feel another way when we are super attached to the outcome of something or I feel like I'm like this in my relationship in my relationship just with other people and not just like my partner or my boyfriend. Um, we feel like we need to feel a certain way in order to have them in our lives or you don't feel as in love with them as you should feel or you don't feel as attracted as you should feel or with like family members, you don't feel as grateful or as much love as you should feel for them. And that's that kind of thinking is just going to get you absolutely nowhere except for in a loop that you will never be able to figure out. Just the acceptance of, I don't know if I feel the way I should feel, but this is how I'm feeling. I can still choose the person that I'm with. I can still choose to love my family, be with my family whatever it is, the more you try to force a feeling, the further you're going to get from probably where you want to be. So just acceptance and surrendering to however you're feeling right now is just helpful. Whenever I'm overthinking or stressed out about something or I have a billion what ifs and I'm trying to go over them, I never feel connected to whoever I'm with anyways. I never feel the way I want to feel or should feel. So maybe if we stop worrying so much, then you know, things will just happen more naturally. But yeah, that's, that's really the, the steps. Um, so notice what emotion, where do you feel it? What sensations, um, breathe into those sensations into the place that you can feel the emotions. Is the sensation changing? Don't let your mind kind of take charge, but just kind of observe what's coming up in your mind and then bring your awareness gently back to your breath or your body. And then don't judge the sensation. Just let it keep going until it wants to, you know, peace out and come back to neutral. When I first was um, starting the process of getting a divorce, my therapist was, well, actually, funny story, the day that my ex-husband like walked out on me, I had a therapy session. This was a gift from God. I'm grateful for this. He knew what was going to happen. And after he was packing in the car, he was like going back and forth, bringing stuff from our room down to his car. I went into my, I went into my parents' room and I jumped on my therapy call. And my, I was like, my husband is leaving right now. He's literally packing up and leaving me. I felt uh, very conflicted. Obviously I was sobbing and he literally poked his head in also, this is just a side note, and just said like, okay, love you, and then left me forever. But in the first 20 minutes of the hour call, I was just crying and crying and crying, couldn't talk. And she was just kind of listening, you know, trying to console me as much as she could over Zoom. She was like, how do you feel right now? How do you feel towards him? I was like, well, I understand, I guess. I've been like, 
you know, depressed and I have OCD now. So it's like, I understand. I, I just had a lot of conflicting emotions because in, in one way I wanted to be understanding and kind and empathetic towards him being like, I understand, like, I know I've been kind of miserable probably to be married to for the past couple of months. And then, but at the other side, I'm like, no, F you, because I'm literally working my A off. I'm paying so much money in therapy. I've tried medications. I've tried so many different things and I'm freaking pissed off. And I was like, I just don't know how I'm supposed to feel. And she was like, duh, no one knows how you're supposed to feel in that situation. There's not, you should feel this way because you're kind and understanding and blah, blah, blah. You, you are okay to feel mad and sad for him and sad for yourself and also mad at yourself. And also like, she's like, you can feel so many things. It's going to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between hundreds of different things. And I keep holding on to that, that you can feel two things at once, you know, and be so conflicted with your feelings. And I think that's something that people make other people feel bad for, like you shouldn't ever have conflicting emotions, but that's just human nature. And that doesn't make anyone a good or bad person. It's just life to be able to give yourself grace and compassion that you might have conflicting feelings sometimes and you might be confused, but you can still make a decision that's best for you and that whatever situation it is, you can still make the best decision that you can with what information you have. And it's okay to feel more than one thing that you can feel multiple things at once. doesn't make it wrong. I just will always, <laughs> I just will always be grateful for that therapy session. I think that's the most real therapy session I've ever had in my life because I couldn't even fake anything at that point. I was like, I just was like harshly honest I'm grateful for the insight that I got during that therapy session. I think because I was very vulnerable considering what was happening, it just made it so easy for me to be honest about my feelings and how conflicted I was. I still just want people to know that I still have a lot of conflicting feelings about a bunch of different things all the time. My mind changes so often and I think that we could definitely be a bit kinder to other people for their feelings changing and for their mind to change you know things go back and forth that's kind of what leads you to your values your morals what you believe in what you want to pursue in life so eventually you know I feel like I'm definitely at a place now where no matter what I feel I still know what I want to do and who I want to be so I can feel whatever I need to feel I'm just saying this as if this is ideally how I am now but this is still very much a practice to me uh, to feel however I'm feeling, but then also still just choose to be who I want to be and go towards what I want to go towards. I love the idea that you should always use your senses when you're processing emotions. I think taking showers for me is really helpful or a bath or something like that because I feel, or even a drive, you can look at things around you, you can take in scenery and you can feel very present in the moment and that always helps with me to stay kind of clear in my head to stay uh, present with my emotions instead of going back in the past or going in the future or what ifs and stuff like that. Also journaling a friend or not journaling a friend, journaling is a great way to process something that you're feeling that you can't quite really understand because some things you kind of know what it's connected to. Some things you're not sure. And it's that's something I'm not really sure about when you should try to figure out versus when you shouldn't. 
that's kind of it for what I want to talk about. But I wanted to end this, pe- this, this part of just, I saw this quote. I think it was, there we go. Remind yourself that it's okay to feel good sometimes. Joy is safe. That for me is a big one because I've been so... I've been in a depression, I've been in depressive episodes and have OCD, obsessive anxiety, you name it. I felt it the past year and a half and very intensely. So whenever I feel joy or peace, I get scared because I just am like, well, I felt this before and now look where I'm at in my life. So it goes into like this horrible cycle, but I don't have to go there. Like you don't have to ignore your joy or peace or happiness or fun because you just know it's fleeting and it's probably going to leave because it has before. But what good is that going to do if we just keep being like, well, it's eventually going to leave. So will fear. So will being scared. So will being depressed. So will all of these things that eventually I believe we can be restored from. So it's okay to feel all like the range of emotions. I could do, I could talk about this for a lot longer, but I'm going to end it there. You've got this. Let's go. Let's go. I actually saw that um, I have people listening from different places all over the world and I'm shook. I'm shook to my core about that. That's, that's literally crazy. That's actually crazy. Thank you everyone for listening. Blah, blah, blah. Today I have, okay, so I have a lot of texts that came into my phone for Dear Abby that we okay so we usually do voicemails for dear abby but i have a bunch of text messages and messages that they ask questions so i want to do one or two of those today dear abby it was so nice to meet you at the new york city what we said show my question is how do you take care of your curls and style them thank you um depends on the day for sure uh if it's extremely if my hair is frizzy that means that i probably didn't use any products in my hair right now i have no products in my hair this is from chlorine this is what chlorine hair looks like on me i actually love the look of chlorine in my hair it dries to perfection when it has chlorine right now this is two days old or not two days this is like from yesterday so i slept on it and it looks pretty decent so you know chlorine is one way that i style my hair and take care of my curls another but the main thing I do is I don't put it in really tight ponytails. I think that just messes up my curls and it makes it really frizzy and breaks my hair. So if you're going to do a ponytail or a tight pony, just use a lot of gel rather than having to pull it back so tight. Just do it when it's wet and put a lot of gel in it so it looks flat. You get the sleek look. Uh, but don't pull it too tight because that'll ruin your curls. I don't use a ton of products right now with my hair. I'm going to be honest. Um, I change shampoo and conditioner very often because my hair gets used to one and then it's, that doesn't work anymore. I shampoo condition my hair probably two to three times a week. And then I style my hair with a Denman brush and I just scrunch it after. So you can put mousse in it or whatever you want. Um, styling gel, curly hair styling gel. I use a Denman brush, put it like this, you do it out, you like push away from, you push away from your scalp when you're doing the Denman brush. There's tutorials on YouTube you could watch. That brush was a game changer for me with my curls. So definitely invest in the Denman brush and then scrunch it after. Oh shiz, I just looked at the time. We do not have another, we do not have time for another one, but we will do a game because I did plan for a game today. 
today's game is a lot of people are going to leave after I say this. Give it, hey, give it a second, okay? I'm guessing an anime from a really bad descriptions, okay? This is, what that means is it's going to give a really short description of an anime. I'm going to have to guess which anime it is. I'm not, I haven't watched hundreds of animes. I've only watched probably 25 at this point. I don't know if these are going to be popular or unpopular, but that's a game I'm playing. So if you like anime or even if you don't keep listening, if you like anime, maybe you'll know these before me and you'll probably be screaming at me through uh, the headset through wait through the what will you be screaming at me through? Nothing, I guess, through the podcast, through your speakers, whatever you're listening to, whatever. Everyone shut up. Okay. Guess anime from badly described plot is what this is. It's a, this is from, I, these are not mine that I made up. This is Annie Dojo. It's a YouTube channel. It looks like A-N-I-D-O-J-O. Anime quizzes and more. I'll probably do more of these to come. Um, but this is what I'm doing. So I have to give them a shout out. Hopefully I don't get copyrighted for this, but we will see how this works. Okay, first one says, guy swings around his pet to make his... Dr what? Guy swings around his pet. Okay, if you know anything about anime though, anime is the one thing that you will hear a plot and you'll be like, how was that good? That makes no sense. And how is that going to be a good show? And then it's like an amazing show that'll make you cry all the time. So I'm interested to see these plots because this really do be how anime is. Guy swings around his pet to make his dreams become reality. Oh my gosh. Guy swings around his pet. I have no idea. What is it? Oh, Chainsaw Man. I haven't even seen that one yet. Okay, number two. Programmer, programmer, pro gamer uses his abilities to escape death and prove that pro gamers are, in fact, attractive to the opposite sex. What's a gaming one that I know? Sword Art, uh, Sword Art Online or something? Maybe that's the only, that's the only gaming one. I've actually not watched that one. Sword Art Online. Wow, I was right. Okay, number three. Child befriends a hired killer and tries to convince himself that his dad really wants him in his life. Animes are... They do be wildin'. They really do be wildin'. It's not my... It's not Full Metal. No. Hunter Hunter. I haven't seen that one, but I heard that's a great one. Okay, that's a horribly sad plot. Footballers from all over Japan play to see who will get the victory royale. That's Blue Lock. That's Blue Lock. I already know that one. Yep, it's Blue Lock. Military, military girl tries to convince everyone that racism is actually a bad thing. She has to convince them that it's actually a bad thing. I have no idea what this one is. 86. That sounds crazy. I kind of want to watch that. Misunderstood troublemaker sends his fox to beat up anyone who disagrees with him. What is that? Naruto? Yeah, Naruto. A group of students create a club for the sole purpose of bullying a little girl. These are crazy. These are crazy plots. The socially awkward girl relies on her totally normal, definitely not psychic friend to help her get along with classmate. X-rated Hell's Kitchen. Food Wars. That show was unhinged, you guys. Don't watch Food Wars if you don't like weird, vulgar stuff. High school boy finds out that all you need to do to get people to love you is jump off of a building. What the heck? Preteen steps out alone into a world filled with dangerous animals and forces them to obey him. Huh? Oh, wait. Pokemon. Pokemon? Yeah, Pokemon. Okay. 
That was crazy. I'm wow. There is so many other ones on here that I didn't even do because I have no idea. They they really picked not the most popular ones because again, I haven't seen every single anime out there, so a lot of those I did not know, but those are those are crazy. Sometimes I forget that I'm recording the podcast when I'm doing stuff like that. I just feel like I'm talking to myself because I kind of am. All right. Well, well, now you guys know what a lot of plots of animes are. Some of them are crazy. If there is, if you've ever seen Full Metal Alchemist, you could do the plot. Um, boy uses alchemy and now his brother is stuck as a um, metal, metal knight looking thing. Attack on Titan. You could do the plot as people with flying gear fight bigger people that try to eat them. Attack on Titan. Okay, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful so we can go process the freaking crap out of emotions now. Be unscathed. Life is just going to be easy from here on out, you know? I'm kidding. Y'all are warriors out there. Again, thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, go rate the podcast, send me a voicemail with your question for me. Love you. Bye. Oh, I made my lips itchy. Oh, taking a ride to John Atlee. So lay in back on a side